back to The Daily Buzz. I'm your host, Dayton Olander. Emergency personnel handled a tense incident yesterday when a pipe bomb was found in the drive through of a Raising Canes located at 2150 South State Street in South Salt Lake. As reporters Jordan Miller and Alastair Lee Bitsoy reported, the Unified Fire Authority bomb squad was able to evacuate the store and safely detonate the bomb shortly after it was found. As of this recording, an investigation is still ongoing. Here's Jordan for more. On Tuesday afternoon, authorities found a explosive device outside of a Salt Lake fast food restaurant. It was a Raising Cane's on 2150 South State Street. It was initially an unknown device, and then it was confirmed to be a working pipe bomb. The Unified Fire Authority bomb squad then safely detonated it by about 1.15 p.m. It kind of looked like a small firecracker, the detonation video. And the bomb was discovered near the same area where a man was found fatally shot Monday evening. Investigators said they don't consider the homicide and the bomb to be related. And as of 3 p.m. this afternoon, authorities hadn't said if they had any leads as to who might have planted the device outside the restaurant and there were no threats to the area. And the Raising Cane's had opened a little bit after three, I believe. Next, Renewable Energy reporter Tim Fitzpatrick walks managing editor Grant Birmingham through some newly released state energy plans from the Utah One Summit yesterday. With us to talk about Utah's new energy plan, which was unveiled on Tuesday, is Tim Fitzpatrick. Tim, thanks for talking to us. Thank you, Grant. Yes, the uh, Utah Office of Energy Development uh, rolled out its latest Utah energy plan, and uh, it's not a huge departure from what has been going on before, but there is a little bit more recognition of uh, the transition that's going on in energy. A couple of things to note. One of the things is that uh, the plan uh interestingly enough in march when they put out a draft they did not it did not mention climate when the final plan came out today it does have reference to climate and that by itself is rather significant Uh, the other thing that uh, the plan does is it raises the possibility of reviving the 2008 process that created a clean energy goal for Utah. That goal was to be 20% uh, clean energy in electricity by by 2025. We will make that goal, uh, but we haven't established any further goal. There's 38 states that have goals, and most of them are much more aggressive. And uh, so this raises the possibility. Tom Carter, the uh, director of the office, wouldn't commit to uh, uh, saying that we need a new goal, but he committed to a process that may lead to that goal. So tell me about what the renewables looks like in Utah. How do they compete in terms of price with uh, coal and natural gas. Utah is a cheap energy state, and uh, Utah's political leaders don't want to lose that. The good news is is that the costs of around renewables have been dropping significantly, uh, and so I think there's better opportunity to compete. But I will tell you that the state, uh, the political leaders do not want to give up Utah's cheap energy. They want to try to do this transition without losing that cheap energy. It remains to be seen whether they can do that. So 20% renewables is significant, but uh, it's nowhere near like California trying to get to carbon neutral. In terms of carbon that we're putting into the atmosphere, 
where is Utah? Uh, Utah is in the bottom half of states in terms of a uh, carbon footprint. There's a lot of states that are worse, uh, but most states do a little bit better on a, on a per capita basis. Uh, it's also true that the United States in general uh, consumes more or produces more carbon than just about every large country on Earth, and, and so we're part of that. Uh, we have what could only be described as a big carbon footprint. So another way that Utah could contribute to a clean energy future is with mining lithium, which we had a recent article in the Salt Lake Tribune talking about lithium coming out of the Great Salt Lake or maybe rare earths. Does this plan make any reference to those things? Yes, it does. There is recognition that um, you know Utah has a long history of mining and, uh, and around energy, uh, but there is recognition that it's going to be less about uh, coal and more about lithium, more about rare earth metals, more about the things you need to produce solar panels and uh, batteries. Hard to say, frankly, how big a part of that eco- uh, the economy that will become. I don't know that it'll ever be as large as what coal is now, but it still could be significant. So there are some projects in Utah, including this uh, hydrogen storage facility, which you wrote about. Is there the possibility that Utah moves towards cleaner energy without a government plan for it? That's happening already, uh, but there's also no question that uh, we could be more aggressive and, uh, and government policy could help drive that, but it remains to be seen. Tim Fitzpatrick, energy reporter for the Salt Lake Tribune. Thank you for talking to us. Thank you, Grant. Thanks, guys. And finally, Utah Eats reporter Stephanie Russell shares more about her latest story on alcohol-free bars, explains why the movement is so popular, and lets you know where you can find alcohol-free cocktails here in Utah. Salt Lake City will have its first zero-proof cocktail bar opening later this month picking up on a national trend that, despite what jokes one might make, didn't start in Utah's predominantly teetotaling culture. The upcoming opening of Curiosity at 145 East, 900 South in Salt Lake City, follows the lead of Ogden's WB's Eatery, which opened Utah's first zero-proof bottle shop earlier this year. Any adopters love the ritual of drinking and the social aspect of bars without the side effects of alcohol. Some NA brands distill or ferment using traditional methods and then mechanically remove the alcohol. Others mimic the flavor using ingredients like honey, cinnamon, ginger, clove, or apricot, and some include herbs, amino acids, or neurotransmitters meant to induce relaxation or a mild euphoria. In other words, these are not your old-school virgin cocktails or mocktails. As always, you can read Stephanie's story at sltrip.com. And that's it for today. I want to give a big shout out to local band The Pelicans for providing our music and to all you listeners for joining us. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow.